Welcome back to Being an Artist is fucking killing me. I'm Corinne. And I'm Rainy. And I'm Devin. Devin! Devin! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Welcome! Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited. Friends, Devin is our producer on the podcast. Woo! Yeah! yeah. Devin helps do all of the things for all of the gal pal stuff. Yeah. You probably like that job description. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll hear about it in this episode because we're going to talk about it. Totally. We're going to talk about Devin because I feel like it's just been like, we've talked about Devin before, but we've never really given Devin like a a face or a voice or anything. So I'm excited to do that for you, Devin. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm happy to be, be on. It's, it's been fun being behind the scenes and it's super fun to get to be on the other side now. Yay. Yay. This is our final and last episode of season four. Oh, hot damn. Hot damn. Jinkies. Damn. Oh, jinkies. Four whole seasons. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we are going to take a little bit of a break during the summer, but we will be back in September with season five. Please stay tuned on all of our social media platforms to know when we are coming back. You can follow us on Instagram, on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can go to Spotify. You can go to iTunes, listen to old episodes. Mm-hmm. Do what you must. And if you really want to stay a part of the Gal Pal team, you can actually go to Patreon where you can subscribe for a certain amount of money a month and you can get exclusive quality content monthly. Yes. And that will continue to run over the course of the summer. Totes. For $1 to $30 a month, you get to decide. You're in charge. You'll get extra videos and maybe bonus episodes because here's the thing. Podcast is taking a break. We are resting and recharging, but our Patreon will stay active for our subscribers. Yes. So head on over to Patreon. Check it out. If you need help at all, please let us know. Uh, Send us a quick email and we'd be happy to get you started on Patreon. Totes. Maybe we'll do a little how-to. Love that. Devin, for people that don't know you very well, can you do a little, this is what I do with Gal Pals? Yes. Um, So I started with Gal Pals for, I believe, season three. Um, Yeah, season three and four. Uh, If you are emailing Gal Pals, you're probably emailing (laughs) me. Um, (laughs) So what I do is I search out guests that we think would be really awesome to have on the podcast. I mean, Corinne and Rainey also obviously have tons of ideas and tons of contacts that they also want to bring on. So together we kind of create a master list of all of the amazing artists that we want to speak with. And then I am in charge of uh, contacting them, uh, researching, organizing their times for recording, answering any other questions they may have. Um, sometimes it is really hard to get a hold of people. Sometimes, you know, you can't find their email address and you have to try Instagram or Facebook. I friended a few people on Facebook in hopes of being able to get into their (laughs) inbox. It's always worked out. It's always worked out well. No one has ever been like, you're too creepy or at least not to my face, but, um, all the people I friended on Facebook have been guests on the show as well, which is kind of nice. It's like, <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> oh, Devin, you're never going to be able to send a re- friend request again without someone expecting to be on the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, everyone, watch out for friend requests from me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's, uh, I think that's, that's my whole job description. It's been so fun getting to know 
artists and starting with researching them, seeing all of the cool things they do, and then getting to listen to their episode after and just seeing all of the awesome things that they've said and connecting the, the dots. And it's awesome. Sweet. That's so nice to hear. Yeah. yeah, Devin does so much for us. And you'll hear, we talk a little bit about it in the episode today. So keep listening. You'll hear fun stories. Yes. <laughs> this is a two-parter for our season finale, you guys. Mm-hmm. First up is Devin's interview. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Where we get to know, because Devin is also an artist. And yes. so we get to yeah. know her a little bit. You guys get to know her. And then we're rolling into our traditional season final finale, episode. final episode of a clip show, a recap. <laughs> We're awesome. excited. Okay, let's get going. I will also try not to be drowsy. I had to take like a Claritin. Oh no. Yeah. Allergies. Yeah, it's like it finally got warm in Toronto after raining for fucking weeks. And all of a sudden all the pollen and the flowers are out. Like I opened up our patio doors yesterday. And then immediately my nose was like itchy. <laughs> and my eyes were like itchy. And I was like, oh, do you have COVID? And then I was like, no, Corinne, you fucking take a Claritin, you're fine. (laughs) Do I have COVID? I have it. I have it. That's all I have. (laughs) It does feel like we're getting more and more to the point where it's like, no, I don't have COVID. It's like, I feel like I do feel good that like, because people are getting vaccinated, I mean, slower, but like, it is happening now. I feel like there's like a fire. Um, It it feels less like, do I have COVID? Every like sniffle you get is more of, it's like, it's seasonal allergies. It's summer. (laughs) Whereas like last spring it was very much like <laughs> like do I have COVID you know like any moment of below 100% health I was like I have it I have oh, it oh yeah I have it totally like but fun. like I will say I feel like the most I like I, this is the longest I've probably ever gone without being like a little bit sick throughout the year you know what I'm saying like I usually get like <sighs> sick or cold or like strep or something like that throughout mm-hmm. the year um but like I haven't had anything really except for COVID. <laughs> but outside of getting COVID, I haven't had anything. <laughs> you said that and I was like, didn't you get COVID? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so outside of getting COVID, um, no, I've been really healthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um and I've heard that from a few people like uh our friend Paige Sales shout out Paige Sales who's like listens every morning um (laughs) hi Paige hi Paige what's up girl (laughs) um she said also she like usually is sick like every month and she hasn't been sick at all just from like everyone being inside taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. so wearing masks not sharing germs all of a sudden (sighs) Yeah, not being weird. at a bar and like sweating on someone yeah. so close. or like picking up the wrong drink or like yeah. anything all of those things I'm just saying it's happened oh my gosh <laughs> I wonder if like those things are going to be normalized all of a sudden again or if people are going to be cautious I people- I would like to think people would be cautious but I can almost guarantee you people are going to go right back to what they were doing before yeah have like a hundred percent the pilot projects they're doing out of the UK no oh so they're running that- like clubs and um concerts and big events that are no social distancing and no masking and all you need is like a pcr test i think 48 hours before showing that you're negative to get in and they're just like tracking i think you there's like it's a pilot project because they're tracking the individuals that go to see if like now that their vaccination rate is so high like if someone gets covid or has covid at the event like how does it spread through the community whoa yeah i saw it on tiktok that there's like fucking raves the trade-off 
for <laughs> kind of risking yourself is that you get to go to a free concert is that kind of what the I don't know I guess so I mean I'll be the guinea pig if you let me go socialize again <laughs> yeah I will I volunteer as tribute I would do it 100 <laughs> percent. I would do it <laughs> it's it's very true yeah <laughs> I mean I don't know if people I think I don't know. I had this moment the other day in my house where Anna was like, Ooh, try this drink that I'm having. And she just like handed it to me. And I had a moment of like, do I, and I was like, no, that's my roommate. I was like, yeah. So I wonder if there'll just be like a second before you're like, yeah, we're, we're risk it. Right. And you're both like <laughs> making out with the same cat anyway. So <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Devin, Thanks you just moved. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yay, everybody. If you haven't, um, if you don't know this already, Devin is our junior producer. Mm -hmm. And so anytime someone is like emailing you, I would say like 99.9% of the time it's Devin emailing you. Yes. <laughs> and Devin deals with everybody's schedules when me and Corinne fuck up. Anytime it's like <laughs> Devin dealing with it. So we're so happy that she's on finally after like two years. Two seasons? Yeah, two, two seasons. seasons. This is the, yeah, the end of the second season. Wow. That you've been here, yeah. Yeah, that I've been here. Yeah. Yes. yeah oh it's so crazy it's crazy yeah. that we haven't had you on before but I'm happy that you're on now I'm so excited to be on I feel like if I went on the first time I would have been way more nervous and stuff so now that I've gotten to hear so many other people come on and talk about their stories now I can come on and feel comfortable sharing mine as well and now that I get to know you guys even more so I'm happy to be here Yay. Yay. Yeah. I'm sure it's like a lot less nerve wracking too when you're like getting text messages from Corinne and me at like four in the morning of like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, you get to see the other side of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Devin, you're an actor, performer. Yes. Would yes. you say that's like your specialty discipline? I would say, yeah. So I started in dance originally, um, like all throughout my childhood and most of my uh, high school university. And then I switched to acting and now I kind of still love dance, but I use mm -hmm. dance to kind of boost my acting resume. So mm. acting is my, my main gig now. I yeah. It's like your special skills. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. In dance, I'm like ballet, contemporary, jazz, hip hop, kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's my special skills. Um, you got like really had a really like awesome moment this in the past two years, I guess. I guess that was a long time ago that you were on Shit's Creek. I keep being like last year, but it was like yeah. it feels really recent because Shit's Creek has had such a surge in the last mm -hmm. two years, even though I filmed it, I think two and a half years ago. Wow now, and then it only came out um and it still came out a little while ago. And then now that uh Schitt's Creek has kind of surged in popularity and gotten all this recognition from award season it's kind of have, had a, a resurgence of popularity mm, and fans. now everyone is messaging me again being like is that you is that you yeah. yeah it's me I swear I used to have lines they cut them out which is something <laughs> you have to get used to yeah. yes I I was lucky enough to be informed by that by both my agent and a friend in the acting industry she was like if they cut your lines, it's not because you were bad. It's because it's timing. And I just want you to prepare in case your lines don't make it in. You're still yeah. great. And I was like, 
Okay. And I'm actually really glad that someone told me that because I was watching it with my mom and all my lines were cut. And I was like, and it's my face. <laughs> my face. It's still there. It's fine. I was there. It's great. Yeah. Basically yeah. right next to um, Catherine O'Hara, right? Yeah. You sat next to her. How mm. was it working with like basically a comedy legend, right? Um, yeah, it was, I was super nervous going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as I got there, I was lucky enough to have a friend working on set. And she kind of explained to me, she'd worked on a couple other sets. And she was like, this is a great one to start with because everyone is so friendly. Everyone talks, there's no sort of hierarchy or anything like that. So that really put me at ease. So when I went into the coffee truck to get coffee, she was already there and she was like, hello, we're doing a scene together. Like, nice to meet you. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I didn't think it would be like that at all. And it, but it was so great that it was. She was so down to earth and friendly and we talked the whole time in between takes. Um, so that I think was a really positive experience to start me off in kind of more mainstream film. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and she was like funny on and off takes. Like she's always <laughs> funny, even when they're not filming, which I thought was just glorious. Mm-hmm. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. After having something like that, like, and because it's won all these Emmys, having that on your resume, have you noticed a difference in what you're, have you like kind of like jumped up in terms of like what you're going out for now? Or yeah. have you... Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm sure, Rainy, you uh, starting in acting as well. Uh, so there is, I'm, I'm similar to other arts. There's a union, an actor's mm-hmm. union called Actra. And you can be a part of the union, but you do have to have enough union roles to get into the union. So it's kind of a catch 22. So you, it's hard to get cast in union roles until you're in the union, but you can't get into the union until you get cast in union roles. Yeah, of that. So it's kind of really hard to make that jump into it. And you have to have three uh, union roles mm. to get into the union. And so I got Schitt's Creek was the first actual union one I got. But because I was filming three episodes, I got two credits from that. And then mm. after I got one more credit, and that's kind of left me up into auditioning for more, I guess, like popular and mainstream stuff. So higher rated shows, things you'll see actually on TV instead of all the indie films, which just ha- like have just as much value, but mm-hmm. are not as well seen and not ha- don't have as much budget allocated to that. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely changed what I've been going out for as well. I used to go for a lot of one-liners, little like, oh, uh, like, here's your coffee, sir, or something like that. Or like, oh, <laughs> uh, you're you your here, ma'am. Yeah. Like, <laughs> or like, oh, and then you run. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> so many auditions. <laughs> <laughs> so it's changed to auditioning for more meteor roles um usually now I get I have the privilege of of auditioning for leads or principals uh which is which is nice I haven't landed one yet but who knows uh where the future will take me <laughs> and yeah. okay so because you just moved to Vancouver Mm-hmm. or because your, your boyfriend got into teacher's college is that right yeah so he got into teacher's college at UBC starting in September mm-hmm. um and we decided to make the move out here in May which is May now yep feels like I've been here a long time and I've only been here two weeks so <laughs> um but yeah it was definitely a hard decision to make so mm. he really wanted to go my partner Alex uh because he's always wanted to be a teacher and he was waiting for the right time and he was working and finally he kind of uh, 
made the leap into applying and taking any extra courses he needed to take before he could apply. Mm -hmm. um, the pandemic actually kind of helped him do that because he had more time at home to study mm -hmm. and, and make all his applications and stuff like that. Um, but for me, it was all about the big decision, right? I'm not necessarily tied to anywhere. I mean, Toronto's where I grew up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's where my family is. It's the only place I've ever really lived other than mm -hmm. Kingston for a couple years to go to university. Uh, so my big decision was moving away, but it also was, am I leaving the art scene of Toronto? Am I going to pick up in the art scene in Vancouver? Or is this a departure from pursuing acting as a full-time career? Mm -hmm. And that was also a huge internal debate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It took a couple months to sort through all of that. Right. And when you... So you thought that if you moved to Vancouver, you wouldn't be pursuing acting anymore as a full-time? Originally, that was what was communicated to me by, um, I won't name any names, but certain members of my support system. Yeah. Uh, kind of made it feel as though if I left Toronto, because this is where I started, because the casting directors know who I am. Yeah. Um, that if I left Toronto... I wouldn't make it for sure. It was a guarantee I wouldn't make it, which was hmm. pretty harsh and hard to hear. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily correct either. No. Yeah, because there's tons of castings in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. And it, and it, and it took, a, I, I'm so malleable, I think, by people in my bubble and my circle, not my social distance bubble, but my, <laughs> my artistic bubble. Right. Um, that I took that to heart. And it took me almost a month of really struggling through it to be like, I... That, like this is not the truth this is mm -hmm. not there is no one way no one path mm -hmm. so moving isn't the death of my career it might be the birth of it in a way because as much as Schitt's Creek was awesome and the auditions and the opportunities I've had have been awesome in Toronto uh it's not like I I'm leaving a, a community where I'm auditioning every day for all the leads that I'm in production or that I'm filming mm -hmm. um so Vancouver actually felt like a great opportunity Mm -hmm. for me to uh to continue acting so that's kind of the switch I made was I wasn't moving away from acting but I was moving towards just a different facet of it or a different acting community right because totally. what is what is shooting in Vancouver that's shooting that doesn't shoot like what is Vancouver primarily used for what is primary what is Vancouver primarily casted for that would be different from Toronto um, so I spoke with my agent. This was a whole other thing. I was really yeah. scared to speak to my agent. I, I was afraid he would be like, if you move to Vancouver, Mm -hmm. like I, he'd be nice about it of course but he would you know amicably part ways uh, yeah. <laughs> so I spoke to him finally and he was like this might actually be a great opportunity because I both Toronto and Vancouver are huge for film and television mm -hmm. um Vancouver is busier for um for TV shows and specifically younger TV shows. So if you think about CW, Riverdale, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, it's all yeah. filming out here. Yeah. Um, and he was saying that though I am uh, 27, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can still play pretty young on film. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, but it actually might be better for me to be out here because they are younger TV shows in general or more kind of like pop culture stuff like that versus mm -hmm. uh a lot of the ones in Toronto think like, you know, Murdoch Mysteries or uh, Suits was on for a really long time. And those mm -hmm. are all kind of categories that I can't play in yet yeah. or that I don't normally play in. Uh -huh. 
um, which is interesting because I didn't necessarily know that comparison. Right. Uh, so he pointed that out and it's kind of just like a different pool. Totally. totally. Yeah. Lots yeah. of like sci-fi too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like so much stuff on the sci-fi network. Um, Huge. Isn't it? Yeah. Vancouver also very big for like Hallmark movies. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> like Hallmark doesn't even really happen in Toronto much at all. Mm-hmm. But Vancouver really? is like the place to be for Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also great because apparently if you do get into the Hallmark kind of universe, you can kind of, you know, just like the MCU, now you're in like the Hallmark universe and you can kind of jump around in there. Right. Um, which are, is also great. You know, it's, um, I'm not picky about where I start or where I grow. It's more about just getting your feet wet and jumping in. Right. Totally. Yeah. What, what was your like biggest fear about moving to Vancouver if you weren't going to pursue acting, like if you'd taken what those people said to you to heart? Um, I think it was hard because, you know, with, with acting and, and other art forms, it's always kind of like either you make it or you find a desk job. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you, you make it or you're like a, like a failure or you give up and that's the end of that. And that was really hard for me, I think, to consider Everyone always says you need a backup. When are you going to take your backup? Like you should find a number, find an age, 28, 29, 30. Mm -hmm. When are you going to stop? Mm -hmm. And the fact that this could mean stopping and I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't ready to stop even Mm -hmm. a little bit. um, That was really scary because so much amazing things were out here for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never lived away. I've always wanted to live away for at least a year. I live outside of Toronto, outside of the Toronto bubble. Mm I've always kind of wanted to go on a longer adventure I'm a big traveler and so this all felt like exciting opportunities but I couldn't get fully excited about moving because I was so scared that this would mean the end or that this was like the point in which I had to give up or stop or switch careers which is also an interesting idea in general just because I haven't made it doesn't mean I'm acting isn't my career so when people are like oh when what's your actual career I'm like no it is acting that Mm -hmm. is my actual career Mm -hmm. Um, yes there's a lot of fear involved in that and and even so like getting on the plane I was like this is actually happening now I'm going (laughs) like um but yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, you and your boyfriend are huge travelers and it feels like Vancouver would be such a good spot for you because there's so much outdoor space and Vancouver is one of those spaces which once you're in, you can like travel to different areas, facets mm-hmm. of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Outdoor we, hiking. Yeah. We love traveling. And that was a huge other thing is that it's really hard. It's kind of like, I found the two most opposite things that you could love and was like, I'm going to do these both <laughs> <laughs> because acting and you have to be, and, and same with other art forms, like you have to be on it all the time. You have to be, you know, ready for an audition, ready to jump to this show, ready to come mm-hmm. onto a commercial in two days kind of thing. And so you have to be there and you have to be flexible and, and constantly ready. And that state of constantly ready is also a hard one to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other half of me is like, I want to be across the world. I want to be tw- like backpacking through Asia. I want to be scuba diving in Indonesia I want to be you know hiking Machu Picchu I want to live my life 
but I still somehow want to be around for acting. And that's a really hard thing to negotiate. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So my solution to that was uh, finding times in which auditions were low. So right around Christmas, there's not much going on. Uh, November, no one in Canada wants to film in November because it sucks. <laughs> um, like no offense, but it does. Uh, usually January is not too busy either. So mm -hmm. I started traveling during those times, which meant sacrificing, you know, holidays with family and stuff. But I, I was so determined to be able to have both that I had to, had to go for it. Mm -hmm. How do you, so you said like, you don't like when people ask you, you know, like, well, so what's your actual job? And you're like an actor. How do you feel about that? Because you also do other jobs, like you're an actor. And then you also do other things. Like you worked at the bar three studio and you know, you work for, uh, I mean, you work with us, sorry, not for us. I like, hate, it like came out of my mouth halfway and I was like, that's not what I meant. <laughs> no, don't you, worry. Um, you work with us. So, um, do you find that it's like people are often like misled and also like how do you deal with like employers when other things become priorities like when the acting thing becomes a priority yeah it's um it's really interesting because I feel like I, I'm one of those people that wears a lot of hats and I'm mm -hmm. I'm luckily pretty good at kind of shifting my my focus or um you know when I apply for bar three I'm like fitness is my thing I'm all into fitness when I go into <laughs> acting I'm like acting is my thing. Um, you know, when I'm serving at a restaurant, I'm like, yeah, I love serving. So like, that's my job. I love it. Yeah. It's my favorite. Um, so I think it's kind of been helpful to have acting in my back pocket to be like, yes, I like blend into the world that I'm in. Right. Um, when people do ask me, you know, what do you do for a long time? I had a really hard time just saying I was an actor because I felt I somehow had to justify it because so there's mm -hmm. so many negative connotations, you know. And also the question is always like, well, what have you been in? And like right. when you're first starting out, often it's like, uh, <laughs> like I know Ginger had yeah. such an issue with that because people would be like, what have you been in? And she'd be like, I, like she's like, I was in Sopranos, but I was a really small role. <laughs> like, like, so yeah. you feel, you're like unsure about how to like classify yourself that like there's a lot of baggage within that question. Yeah and I think people outside of the art world really don't understand that. They look at what you've been in as proof of your existence in it. Yes yeah. your existence, yeah. your artistry, your skill, your talent. It's proof that you are talented, that you are valid in being an artist. Mm -hmm. If you've been in something they know. Mm -hmm which you would never be like, oh, you're a lawyer. Well, what cases have you defended? Like you would never do that. So why are right. you like, oh, you're an actor? Well, what have you been in? You know, and I get that question right. often, especially right. serving at a restaurant that they love asking that question. All the uh, customers. Yeah. Um, Even like so at a, a bank, <laughs> like people yeah. are like, well, you work in a bank? Like, oh, what kind of bank you work in? Oh, a credit union? Mm. Like you're not going to be <laughs> like, what are you? So yeah, why is it, right. why is, yeah. why is art the one thing that's like so opened up to other people's judgment of your validation? But mm -hmm. I guess it's because it's consumed, like people consume art. So therefore they have some sort of like idea right. about what it is or what, like what, um, sorry, I get flustered, what your validation is or what your existence is within it. Uh, so for a long time, I used to be like, people would ask me what I would do. And I'd be like, oh, well, I'm an actor, but I also teach fitness. And I'm, I also work at a restaurant and I also produce a podcast. And um, <laughs> I also like used to work in film production. I was a PA on some things and like the, 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 the like just like yes. continuously. And 
it was actually funny. My boyfriend's not an artist at all. He's um, into science and he's like very opposite <laughs> of me. He's very logical and I'm very emotional, um, but it works. And he was like, why don't you just say I'm an actor full stop? And I was like, Ooh, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> Like it, it, it was hard to even justify myself in that. So it took right. a long time to just be like, I'm an actor. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, totally. Yeah. Which did take a long time. Because it has a lot, not only does it have to do with like, as much as we were like, yeah, when people ask us, like, why does it matter? But it also kind of matters to us, I think, as performers in general, to be like, to be able to give yourself the validation or be able to book something or say you book something, you know? Like you mm -hmm. kind of create these like, um these like mountains or these like little peaks for yourself like okay well like once I like am in a company or like once I am go on tour or like once that I book this amount of stuff in a year then you feel like you can kind of classify it but then there's always this like middle range where you're just like I don't know what's happening and you're hysterical yeah, yeah. and it's hard you give yourself your own milestones to reach mm -hmm. and even you think that that necessarily justifies your yourself or your art or your reason for being here mm -hmm. um or when you see friends you know book a a show or you know go on tour and you're like oh that's really awesome i'm so happy for you mm -hmm. but in your head you're like oh well if they got that then, yeah then that means that i'm not good enough or i'm not mm -hmm. you know valid in the way that they are i haven't reached that milestone yet and it's a it's a a really challenging industry to be in for that reason you kind of have to let go of the comparison mm -hmm. and let go of those those mountains to climb um unless they are actually for your own success you don't um right compare yourself to others I mean to say in the same mm -hmm. way does that make mm -hmm. sense I'm getting confused. no it totally. does totally yeah it's, the compare I don't know if that comparison to others ever stops I honestly I, don't think it does I think it just might change you know mm -hmm and change in a way that maybe becomes more helpful or changes in like other ways. Cause I can't like, I feel it a lot in, in career stuff, but I also feel it in like regular life stuff, you know, like owning a, a house, own, like getting married, like all of these things that are mm -hmm. supposed to be milestones mm -hmm. in other parts mm -hmm. of your life are also, you know what I'm trying to say? No, totally. I, I, yeah, exactly. It's not just, um, it's not just in art. It's in everything. I'm sitting there watching my friends get engaged and buy houses. And I'm like, I'm selling all my things and moving to another province. And <laughs> I feel on a completely different plane than you, a completely different universe than, mm -hmm. than people sometimes. And it's, it's so hard not to compare yourself in that way, but instead compare yourself to your earlier self. Um, like how far have I come? What have I, uh, what have I Done. succeeded in? What have I accomplished? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And really trying to remember what actually makes you happy. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't mm -hmm. actually think I want to buy a house right now, but yeah. seeing other people buy houses, I'm like, well, that's what I need then. <laughs> that's what success is when you hit 30, right? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the, <laughs> the uh, equation for success. Right. How do you deal with it <laughs> with your with your partner who's like not an actor or a performer at all who like will I'm assuming eventually maybe I'm putting passing a little bit of assumption there will eventually want kind of that normal that normal that like that, those milestones of buying a house or having those things. How do you deal yeah. with it as someone who's like 
it's, you never really know in this industry when that's going to be happening. Mm -hmm. I think it's taken like a lot of negotiating. So we've been together for about eight years now, which has Mm -hmm. been, um, you know, quite the, it's long, quite the (laughs) long time, especially in your twenties. There's a lot of change that happens in your twenties being 20 to 27. You're a different person. Yeah. We got from, from meeting in university and second year university when I literally had no idea what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. um, to, to now pursuing full-time careers and, and all of the stuff that happens in between graduating, moving out, traveling, seeing the world, figuring out who you are, because as if I knew who I was when I was 19. Um, so it's been a lot of, a lot of discussion about it as well, because I think he probably never expected to, to be with, you know, as like an artist or an actor or someone who needs to be as spontaneous and flexible as, as, as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, he's done pretty awesome. He, <laughs> he he's um, trying to be as supportive as possible throughout. He sometimes when I'm feeling really low, he still is there 100% being like, you can do this. There's no reason why you still won't, you know, be mm-hmm. a full time actor or have that be able to have art as your sole, sole career. Um, but he also is, bless his soul, really supportive of all the other work I'm doing. So I love fitness. Working at Bar 3 has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I loved it so, so much. And he was also really supportive of that. And also very supportive of the fact that he was like, maybe you just never will have a nine to five. I know some people like nine to five is kind of like the be all end all. Like that's a solid career. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, well, maybe that's just not you. Maybe you can create a career actually doing what you love in fitness. There's no reason you can't do that. Um, mm. the one thing I think is that he doesn't want to live in, he didn't want to live in Toronto for forever. So it's pretty great that we're out here now. Um, he's not from Toronto, so he had a hard time adjusting to the city in general. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, I have to be here. This is where I have to be. I have to be able to run to an audition tomorrow morning. If I, if I get a last right. minute one. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is actually a great compromise because now I can act and he can, you know, be in a different city as well, live somewhere else, pursue his career as well also I think I mean like as shitty as the pandemic has been it's also like shown us that those things are like it's not just like "Mm, they're not here we can't do it it's there's possibilities to make it work like we've been we've been operating online you know auditions are online now and you know part of that I think like is going to make it possible for them to like for you to work kind of like anywhere you know, because mm-hmm. I think, I don't know how much they're going to keep of that, you know, online self-tape world <laughs> when everything goes back to normal. But I think it's shown that it, there is a possibility that that can happen if someone can't make it there that day, right? Yeah, I think it's opened us up a lot more. Um, you know, adjusting to Zoom auditions was really quite the challenge and, and acting mm-hmm. through a screen and, and all these self-tapes now, but it also shows everyone that you can find connection, you can. Um, find honesty, you can show truth, you can explore a character all through a screen, all on mm-hmm. a tape. Um, and I, my hope is that they would keep that around in the future because it is so beneficial. I mean, mm-hmm. it, I think it will have an effect and change the acting industry um, a little bit, at least a little bit, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I had another point and now I forget what I was gonna say. Hmm. There's also something it's been just um, helped like accessibility, right? Being able to do things online and not the requirement of in-person anymore. 
yeah like who can you get in a room if it's online versus like mm -hmm. you know yeah I totally agree um and I also think from a business mm -hmm. standpoint it's it's um it's helpful for them because yeah they have a wider pool of people they can see casting directors and, and yeah. stuff they have a wider pool of people they can see um it doesn't cost as much to bring people in now because you don't have right. to have an office space you can yeah. sit at home and watch tapes <laughs> um, you know, you can, and I think that's a really interesting thing as well. And it'll open it up to perhaps more actors and more people, more competition, but also just better for the art industry in general. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when you're not paid to like go to auditions. Right. And you're spent all day fucking transiting around the city, wasting your fucking time. No, I oh, shouldn't say yeah. wasting your time, but like but most of the time, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it is, you know, like you you put you pour your heart and your soul into learning a role and getting ready and then you you know I, I don't have a car so you like take the bus you take the subway out you sit in the waiting room you spend your whole day or, or like a good half of your day right if you have to get there mm -hmm. sit in the way you have to get there early you have to sit in the waiting room you wait usually they're running a little behind so you do that you audition <laughs> then you leave and then you that that's a whole half of your day at least and if you mm -hmm. have multiple auditions in a day like your whole day is gone but you don't make any money you don't you know you don't actually get paid to do any of this work and that's hard you're working so mm -hmm. hard just to get paid for your work which i think is does that make sense you're right. working so hard just to get to a place where you can get paid yes right yes 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 also mm -hmm. it's like get there early but also don't get there too early so you seem crazy <laughs> yeah. and then don't get there too early because you might psych yourself out yeah. or someone else there might too long oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah wait i do not miss waiting rooms like the pandemic has eliminated sitting in waiting rooms and that's been really lovely because you know you see someone else from a class and they're like oh hi what have you been in lately oh you haven't been in anything oh well i just came off a show like i mm -hmm. fucking hate you're that. like that's literally like just walking into like any open class. That's like walking into GMD. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. I, I honestly can't imagine. Yeah. I'm pretty sure those conversations were part of the impetus for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just like blank stare at someone when they're like telling me all these things. Like it's like you're blank staring at them and your brain is like, cool, 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 cool. You're, you're just the fucking one. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's so great. That's so good. Booked and blessed. Hashtag yes. I fucking hate. <laughs> I can go on a rant about the hashtag. Hashtag booked and blessed. Like I what? hate that. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Have you not seen this? Everybody on Instagram. No. It might be a dance thing. It I've seen it with it? actors too, yeah. and like. <laughs> It's like, I feel like it like started in like 2015. It's like been around for a little bit, but I just feel like it's time. Guys, don't use that hashtag. It's so obnoxious, so obnoxious. And like, it also is just like, it's a humble brag. You're doing a humble brag in that, you know? You don't need to be like, <laughs> just like post your, your picture on the steps of your trailer and that's all you fucking need. I don't need a hashtag booked and blessed, thank you on every single story and yeah. post and post <laughs> hashtag booked and blessed like here's the thing you if you get a part on a tv show if you get a role in a in a show if you you will be seen in that show people will know that you're in that show <laughs> so do you need to share that you were booked and blessed right after you got it probably not <laughs> like, 
this is the new, new <laughs> can we all do it at the same time and we'll go on our instagram <laughs> wait, three two one <laughs> i loved that and hated it at the same time yeah me too, me too. no you're right it's like yeah. you don't need to it, it's just so obnoxious it's it's like being like, yeah, I just booked this thing. What are you doing now? That's what that is the equivalent of, you know, which is like not yeah. something you would say in a conversation. No, and it's no. no. And it, you would share that information with your friends to celebrate yourself, but you wouldn't necessarily yeah. be like to everyone in the world, be like, hey, guess what I got? Look at me. Like, you know, I think that's a really uh, unfortunate part, especially of social media. And it's so yeah. funny. My friend, is, at the same time, part of art is also marketing yourself. And so social mm -hmm. media helps you do that. But where's the line between marketing yourself and your work in a way that actually shares what you're doing instead of just bragging about it to other people. That's such a, a fine line to, to jump. You know right. I mean? Yeah, totally. And I mean, at the end of the day, I guess like anything on social media can just be like viewed if someone hates you enough as like a negative <laughs> thing right, right. Mm -hmm. you just so, dislike that person you're everything they like, do you're like hit the unfollow button it's so oh, easy. a thousand percent you unfollow know? mute is a great one if you don't want to you know if unfollowing is some sort of slight towards someone and you want to keep that contact mm -hmm. for whatever reason Ooh. mute them Good you point. know what I'm at the point in my life where I don't give a fuck about that anymore. If you, if I don't like you, I'm going to act like it to your face. I don't care anymore. And maybe that's just like a life that has gotten to me now, but like, it's like, that's like big dick Aries energy. Yeah. If I don't like you, I'm going to show you that I don't like you. Like, I don't care. And I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm just like, I'm not putting up with your shit. You know, like, I'm just, I'm not like, if you're lying to my face about something, I'm just going to be like, one walk away or just be like what how explain explain more like i just tell me I, yeah explain <laughs> continue your explanation until you're caught in your lie <laughs> that's great i should take that energy with me i'm a little bit of a um i'm like almost and this is not a humble brag it's it's a fault is that i'm too nice like i'm way too nice mm. if someone like needs me to do a million things for them i'm like yeah of course of course I'll do that. Absolutely. Oh, I'll help you with that audition and that audition and that audition. And you yes. won't help me with mine. Cool. That's totally fine. I'll definitely help you. Oh, like, no. Yeah. So it's... that's been hard to get over in the industry too. But like such a big part of that is like, just like keeping people around you that are good people and like having a good group of support people, like having mm -hmm. a group of people that are like constantly there to help you do that, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm sure like, you know, like moving to a different place. Like that's like such something that runs because your group of friends that you've had for, I mean, how long have you lived in Toronto your entire life mm -hmm. aren't in Vancouver with you anymore? Yeah, it's definitely, that was a huge consideration is that I was leaving my friends and I was leaving my acting community. And that was um, really scary because you do need actors and artists around you in your community to, to boost you up, to be there and help you genuinely Mm -hmm. um, without like, you know, expecting anything in return or, or just there to actually aid you in reaching mm -hmm. your dreams. And then hopefully you can help them eventually too. Um, but the, the good thing about the pandemic, that's a weird thing to say, um, is well, just being online, right? Like, so mm -hmm. I have friends in Toronto that can now help me read lines, mm -hmm. even if they're still in Toronto, because there's so much online 
stuff now and that wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't really a reality before like we didn't use this to our advantage before no. right which is interesting and when let until we were forced to um mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely scary. I'm trying to make friends in, in acting right now. And that's always kind of a minefield too, because you don't know who's <laughs> going to be like a genuine friend and you don't know who's going to be not yeah. so nice to you. Yeah. It's it's hard. Yeah. And, and I don't mean to say that, you know, like actors are the worst or anything like that. I just think in the art industry, because there's so much quote unquote competition mm-hmm. that people see it as competition over community. Um, so making friends is scary. Mm-hmm. Almost like I'm like 27, I have to make new friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah it's making friends as an adult is so hard yeah it really is yeah it's um something I never expected to be doing and but I guess something that we are all kind of discovering as we get older is that you you kind of almost outgrow the people that don't serve you or don't boost you up or, totally. or you just don't see eye to eye with anymore why keep those people in your life mm-hmm. um, right right mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like very lucky. I like definitely just like got very lucky and like fell into like a group of like actors who like have already been working that are like very lovely. And like, I just like, so there's like three to five of us that like meet at least once or twice a week. And it's like, I I, like love everybody. Like, it's so nice to like, you know, I just feel very lucky that I like fell in that because there is a lot of like, um, so there is a lot of like, we'll cut that part. Um, There's a lot of like weird... (laughs) things aminosity things that like can happen you know and like mm-hmm. yeah I think have how have you have you noticed I mean it's hard because of the pandemic but have you noticed in Vancouver the difference in how the community is or have you not haven't had the chance to do that yet um I haven't really had the chance unfortunately mm-hmm. um just yet I'm going to audit some acting classes this week actually so I'm pretty excited mm. about that um and I was with the studio for a long time so um, I haven't really had the new studio jitters in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so going to a new acting studio, I'm like, I am the new girl. I'm the one that's coming in. I'm the one that people might see as like a threat almost, which is mm. also interesting. I hate using that word because I don't want it to be this way. I would prefer mm. for us all to be like, if you get a role, it doesn't mean I won't get a role. Yeah. So often when we see someone else get something, it somehow means there's less for us. Right? Yeah. Scarcity. Yeah. Versus yeah, the scarcity mindset versus abundance. And it's um so going into a new setting, people might see me as taking up some of the resources or in some way. Um, which I I really genuinely hope won't happen. It's not like everyone in the arts industry is evil and out to get you. (laughs) Um, Right. I mean, so many are lovely, supportive people and we can all support each other. Um Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm like almost nervous to go into a new studio again or a new class. Uh, but also very excited yeah great it's gonna be great I think like it is a little awkward online obviously but I think that like it also creates like there's like a whole new dimension now that you kind of get to be like kind of like oh because you don't get to talk anyone to anyone right so it just like creates immediate immediately it creates like a very positive atmosphere because you're not going to like be in class with someone being like you know like (laughs) like and not saying that you would do that or, but yeah. you're not going to feel that because people aren't in the same space together, right? Mm-hmm. So like, you're not going to have that moment where you like finish something and there's two people like two talking. people yeah. talking and just like giving you side eye about it, right? Because everyone's yeah. online. So yeah. it might eliminate some of that too. Maybe like this whole like online has like made that energy scarce and people are just like lucky to be in class learning. I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think like in that way, the online has also helped, um, has helped almost eliminate that awkwardness and you're just, you're immediately creating connection instead of that awkward, like, are those people, are those two friends? Should I not come up to them and talk to them? Or like, should I, are they talking about me or who should be my scene partner? Because now often it's just already decided because it's online. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that awkwardness has been almost eliminated and that's kind of nice actually. It's been great. I've made a bunch of acting friends through online classes um, earlier in 2020 that I didn't know before because they were in England. Mm. Um, And then we did online classes and I met them and they're awesome. And yeah. it's just cool to be able to act with people from all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like, yeah. And it's still possible to have that like chemistry with people through seeing mm-hmm. like online, you know, it's, yeah. still, it's still super possible. So, yeah, I was really lucky. I got a friend to do a scene with me. Um, and I had it, I had my camera set up here mm-hmm. and my zoom set up right here. So I was talking to him on zoom Mm-hmm. And my camera was filming me here like a self-tape. Um, and I mm-hmm. did a scene and it it won a scene competition. And I was like, oh my God, we found like, yeah, we Yay. found connection through a screen and it came across to people watching the scene, which was super mind-blowing for me that it yeah. transcended, you know, n- normal constraints or what we thought we needed to create art. Of course, of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you're so right. Um, before we, I do have a couple more questions to ask you, Devin, because you work with gal pals, why not do a little, should we do a little like gal pal questionnaire? Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, I love it. Got some questions. Okay. Wow. I'm ready. Oh no. Maybe I'm not ready. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to do okay. it. <laughs> Let's do quick answer between Kern and Devin. Oh God. Okay. Just like, no, no, it doesn't have to be quick answer. Just, just think. Just think. Okay. okay. I will but say it has that- to be quick. No, no awkward pauses. Okay. Ready? <laughs> Who's going stressing first? Stressing me out. I'm just going to ask the question and you're going to yell it out. Oh okay. God. I'm, okay. For our <laughs> listeners. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <laughs> the anticipation is killing me. <laughs> okay. All right. This past season, favorite guest or a guest that you like love. I need a list. There's, there's one, 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 most, okay. I shouldn't say favorite. Okay. This past season, I guess that's been really memorable or a moment that's been really memorable that you just remember. Corinne, you were in on conversation. Do you even have to listen after? I know. I know. Um, I honestly like want to say, um, I'm going to say her name wrong. Uh, Katia. Yeah. Yeah. Really love the conversation with Katia. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's wrong. Um, <laughs> because I think sometimes when you go in, like, obviously, like, Randy and I do a little bit of prep, and Devin helps us with that. And yes. so sometimes Devin I'm, helps us with that. 100% Devin helps us with that. Devin does all of that. And I read a document at four in the morning. So, yes, Devin does all of that. Um, but, like, sometimes all you expect when you go into a conversation, you kind of expect it to go a certain way, especially when you're prepping questions, you're like, Oh, uh, this is where I want the conversation to go. Cause this is what I'm interested in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like her conversation, the conversation with her went nowhere that I thought it would go. And it was like very genuine and open and just like, especially at such a tough time during the pandemic was just yeah. like so nice to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I was thinking I really like listening to Kimberly Ann O'Connor's uh, mm. episode because yeah, she's she's a singer and a musician and I that's why I put her forward and then I yeah. love that the conversation also turned so much into her hypnosis as if that is also kind of an art form yeah she's talking about going into this trance and like it's almost like flow state when you're creating art and I was like I didn't even make that connection I was like yeah she's a musician there yeah. but the hypnosis is also art and I was like whoa <laughs> like a little mind blown by that <laughs> that's For such sure. a good one yes Devin that was your idea too right that was yeah. your like suggestion. yeah yeah and I didn't even put the two together I was like yeah art musician go <laughs> hypnosis oh, yeah. yeah this is like part of like what Devin does for us is that she like also like picks guests that she thinks like part of her role as producer is that she's like picks people that she thinks like mm-hmm. would fit in the moment or would be a good addition in like six months or you know a month or two months or something and that suggestion was Devin's suggestion definitely <laughs> just like tooting my own horn being like yeah I brought that guest on no girl <laughs> did no way yeah. okay um, can I put another one forward also? Yeah, of course. Um, I really love the conversation with um, Oksana Berta. Mm. She was mm. also like, we talked a lot about um, how to make art accessible to people, especially when you're trying to sell it mm-hmm. and not leaving anybody behind as mm-hmm. part of your community, mm. which I thought was like really poignant. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Very, very excellent point. Mm-hmm. Okay, my next question, Devin and Corinne and Corinne. Favorite, so Gal Pals has a lot of photos on color blocking walls. Favorite set of photos from color blocking in the past ever, let's say ever. Favorite set of photos yeah. for like for Gal Pals? I think I'll yeah. like look at the Instagram and like see which ones I like. So, yeah, so go ahead. You got about. the white ones, you got the yellow ones, there's blue ones. I think I know what I'm already going to say, but I'm just going to say it. It's, it's your initial reaction, Dev. Do whatever you need I to do. Don't feel judged. I love the, I love on the white with the flowers. Oh. That, just love it. I'm obsessed with it. Um, I don't know why I even had to look. I knew that was going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, close um, second, I would say, is the yellow because it's so um, striking. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Jumpsuits? Yeah. 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 Like, it's just like, oh, it's yeah. so badass. Okay, Corinne, what about you? Um, I love the photos that we recently did with Aiden as well. Um, but I am also a huge fan of our ones from, I guess, like two photo shoots ago where we tried to build a set in this studio and we did the pink on pink. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those ones are good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, okay. It's like very branded, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I only have like one or one or two more questions. Okay. I, I'm just well, you guys both answer this at the same time, okay? Oh god. Okay. Dream guest that we've contacted multiple times. <laughs> Dream guest so that we've contacted multiple times. <gasps> Rupee. Yeah. Brooklyn I, Heights. Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn. Lemon. <laughs> lemon. lemon. Loved. I don't yeah. think that one's out of the gate. I we like have a no. We have yes. an in. So I think yeah. that one's okay. not too far. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, I can keep following up. Yeah, time. yeah. This is what Devin does. Devin, Devin sends blank, not blank. So Devin sends emails with. We have no connection to these people, by the way. I just want to be very. She's cold emailing people. She's cold emailing. She's cold emailing, emailing. And sometimes we're like, Devin, have we heard from this one? She's like, I'll just email him again. It's fine. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just keep asking until they get back to me. Yeah. Well, some people we've cold, cold emailed. Yeah. Have ended up being some of my most favorite guests. Totally. People that I like I didn't think would necessarily, you know, they're further along in their careers or they're busier or they're having a moment and they wouldn't be able to have time for us and they make time for us. And I'm always like, yay! Like, I'm yes! so excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, your own individual dream guest. We're not speaking about Rupee and not speaking about anyone that we've contacted already. Somebody that you're like, it really infatuated with right now that you'd be like this person would be great do they have to be local no they can literally anyone 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 Anyone. just like if you think like best a-list whatever it may be Mm, that's a tough one you know what i would love to hear from um i would love to talk to greta gerwig oh wow just creating and women in the industry and yeah yeah that's a really good one such an interesting career especially yeah especially considering there's like a lot of like deep underground kind of like um uh theories about how she got so famous right it's like (laughs) everything yeah yeah yeah, that'd be good yeah wow corinne oh my answer is gonna be so bland now (laughs) who is it (laughs) taylor swift that would be awesome (laughs) are you kidding me after i watched her documentary i was like this girl Mm -hmm. yeah she's a worker girl is working okay those are all my albums in the pandemic just like everything and like yeah i know and like releasing more albums and yeah no i agree taylor swift an icon an icon (laughs) but she's like there's also like a level of famous where you don't need to do press anymore especially a little little baby podcast (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's when it's fun. That's when it's really cool to be like, yeah, Taylor Swift came on uh, this awesome podcast. Yeah. And like, look at that. Like, she's, you know, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. See her doing it. Maybe I'll cold email her. <laughs> Lizzo. Lizzo would be oh. Lizzo? That would be. Yes. Yes. Lizzo, definitely. Yeah. Because she is just like, so I just feel like she's got real nice energy. She's got good energy. It should be like a breath of fresh air, you know? I also feel mm-hmm. like she's not someone who would hold back. No. <laughs> no not at all um okay those are all of my questions that I just wanted to have like four like quick gal pal questions I love for you I had no idea this was happening by the way what I thought mine as well it's fun (laughs) it is fun it's different I like it too yeah Devin knows all about it yeah Devin is there when you're emailing people for us (laughs) for gal pals what is like is there something like if somebody okay this is what i'm the question i'm gonna ask you if somebody was like reaching out and wanted to be on the podcast how do you how what is like the system i just like i'm trying to inform people about like what the protocol is and like how they connect with us if they wanted to so okay, what is your ideal cool. like if somebody was listening and they're like i want to be on the podcast or i know someone what would be like the ideal way to contact you who is often the people the person that's booking um well I think that the beautiful thing about this podcast is that we've heard from so many different perspectives and so many different people so if you are an artist and you feel like you have um 
a story to tell or you want to open yourself up to some authentic authentic uh discussion um about art and like that this is a never-ending topic which i which i love um so if you're feeling like that's you you want to come on and talk you can email me at galpalprods at gmail.com um and i think the things that i would want to hear about you is not your uh your successes, all the things you've booked, all the things you've achieved. It's more about what your outlook is on the art industry, what your outlook is on being an artist, what drives you, what kills you, mm. what mm -hmm. makes it the thing that you always want to do. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I'm way more interested in. That's what I look for versus like this person has been on this TV show and they've gone on that tour and they have this connection yeah. not about your you know your traditional successes it's about uh what lights your fire which i think mm -hmm. is interesting mm -hmm. so if you give me a little blurb about that i would be interested yeah <laughs> and i would like to also point out like don't email um don't email us and be like we have a show coming up can we come on the top podcast and talk about a show yes we don't give a shit about your show yeah i will yeah. say an email does not get ignored more <laughs> than yeah. if it's if it's like all about advertising the thing that you're trying to do and not yeah. i'm not saying that I, that's not like a Devin. that's like a me and corinne thing i think that was yes. like that's always been our our instruction i think is like we're not that's we're not, not here to like market your tv show or market your mm -hmm. your thing we're not on we're not a, like a press stop on your tour yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great yeah. it's true because then there there's some sort of like a weird aura around it to be like i'm going to steer the, the conversation towards this one project that i'm working on right now right now totally. right now mm -hmm. when we want to talk about your life your creation your you know creative ideas yeah. we don't want it's to talk totally. about one thing it's hard yeah. to get depth it's hard mm -hmm. to get like human depth when someone is constantly just trying to to, is when your brain is all all roads lead to the, this thing yeah right. right it's hard to get like what deeper meaning is behind like you if all roads lead to this this thing that you've created right totally and if we're just talking about a show i feel like it's like very like a mark in time and not like something somebody can listen to whenever totally right yeah yeah so very true yeah and like we like like asking people back and i feel like the people that we usually ask back are like because like we had a conversation and we feel like we could like have another conversation with them about a completely mm -hmm. different topic and it'd be just as meaningful yes, yeah you know? absolutely i love yeah. that yeah i love that aspect of this it's a timeless conversation because this mm -hmm. you know the the plight and the joys of being an artist are universal right mm -hmm. on that note Devin is being an artist fucking killing you i was <laughs> expecting this because i know the <laughs> podcast so well and i was like <laughs> as much as i wish that i could be eloquent and have this perfectly made up blurb about it the truth is is that um i don't have that and <laughs> I, i'm trying to embrace the more messy moments because there's so much art in the messy moments um mm -hmm. but yes being an artist is killing me uh in the sense that it has forced me to stop and think and make choices at every crossroads do i want to continue or do i want to drop and go somewhere else half the time but it always comes back to art and i think that's mm. just a wonderful thing but it also kills me at the same time i don't know if this is making any sense mm -hmm. um 
I don't think I'll ever stop being an artist, even if it hurts sometimes, because mm-hmm. the it's who I am, and it'll always be who I am. Mm-hmm. Yay. I'm so sorry. Was that bad? No, <laughs> no. not bad. Okay, that was great. So, was so nice. <laughs> oh, um, and for those wondering, just because Devin is in Vancouver, it doesn't mean she is not working with us anymore. She will continue to be with us yay (laughs) like we've said the pandemic has like shown everybody I think that um people could kind of work from all over and it doesn't really you know it doesn't matter if anything it'll like like you said open more doors to like industry people in Vancouver so it'll be Mm -hmm. it'll be great yeah yay thanks Devin thank you for having me it's been so much fun to be on the other side of this yay um (laughs) Devin if people wanted to find you where would they find you uh, yeah, they can find me on um, Instagram at Devin Hoff, just D-E-V-O-N-H-A-U-T-H. I know it's hard to spell, um, also hard to pronounce. Sometimes it's Devon House, apparently. <laughs> um, and yeah, and if you want to see more about Vancouver life in general, I also have a little, um, uh, like a travel Instagram account if you want to see more photos, which is at Whirlwind Traveler. And it's more of the like fun and travel side of living here. Yay. thanks Devin thank so you much. as usual um, let us know what you thought of today's episode send us an email drop us a DM connect with us on Facebook Twitter Patreon go there if you'd like to support us um, it literally costs a dollar a month just to support us and you can get free content to video um, extra footage anything that you really think and let us know if you want more Patreon footage and we would love to give it to you um, thank you so much rate us five stars <clears throat> Sorry. Exclusive content. <laughs> Find us anywhere you stalk your exes. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Now we're going to part two, our clip show. Woo! I'm so excited to have Devin on for clip show. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk about all of the amazing guests we've had on, even through a pandemic. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. stopped us. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's a little bit interesting because I think we've talked about this on the podcast a couple of times, but like in the uh, beginning, we were kind of like, oh, we don't really want to do Zoom recordings. Like everybody, we were a little bit resistant against against it. Yeah. Um, and then second lockdown, <laughs> we started the season recording in person in yeah. masks. We had a cute and, video set up. Yeah, it was going well. And you know, then it was not anymore. So we... <laughs> Um, started recording through Zoom and it has, it's had its ups and downs. I mean, we're getting more used to it, I think, but the benefits of being able to do Zoom is that we were able to interview people from kind of all over this year, mm-hmm. you know, from LA to New York, Vancouver, Hamilton, um, you know, Sudbury. kind of Sudbury all over. Um, and that's been really nice to kind of get more um, perspectives and opportunities. And it's just nice. Totally. I feel this is personally that I was like resistant against the traditional zoom recordings in the beginning because the word pivot was being thrown around. And I was like, I don't want to fucking pivot. This is terrible. (laughs) Yeah. I'm with you on that one. That word was overused after the first day, everything went online. I I was like, there's no way that you can use this word that much. And yet everyone was like, we're pivoting, we're pivoting. And I was like, why can't we just take a second? Yeah. Right. Right breathe, figure it out. (laughs) 
that's something also crazy like the expectation of everybody just to change everything so fast yeah. and for it to be perfect mm-hmm. without any like fumbles or technological like mm-hmm. difficulties everything was like nope it's got to be exactly like an in-person experience just like from my friggin bed yeah right which was crazy. yeah and for dance classes and fitness classes and everything online, it just all had to be so quick and so fast without realizing that, you know, we're all human and we're all adjusting and there's going to be issues and yeah. And that it's going to happen. Totally. And we're going to start out a little differently. We're going to start out with some overarching themes of the season. Yeah. I mean, there was lots of topics, you know, it's been a crazy year for everyone, but I feel like because of, you know, the ramifications of COVID and what happened during the summer um, with the Black Lives Matter um, movement. um, And, you know, there was just like some really overarching themes that we were discussing a lot. One of them was EDI, which was equity, diversity, and inclusivity, which was brought up in a number of episodes. You know, we were able to sit down with Emily and Michael and discuss that um, about how they were really struggling to get that article um, in the dance current. Um, it got brought up in um, Cyrus Marcus Ware's interview and in the dance unions interview. Um, and it was just like a really, it was really interesting to like talk about that every time it came up. It was like extremely re- relevant and poignant. And I'm really happy that we were able to kind of have these episodes where it was discussed. Yeah. And we had a, quite a few episodes almost like, not on purpose, but I think just in terms of what the world, what's happening in the world right now, like almost dedicated to those kind of conversations. and it's interesting to, and it's enlightening to talk to people on the front lines of that kind of movement because their perspective is so different. And it's from like a place of experience where, you know, Rainy, Devin and I, you know, all white women have very Mm -hmm. different experiences with, you know, EDI. Totally. And I I think it's important, like we kind of are recognizing that we are (laughs) lacking in um, diversity. If you're looking at all of us right now, (laughs) we range from shades of, you know, alabaster to to (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it is nice. Um, We're, you know, incredibly thankful that we had a number of people who are willing to step on and have conversations with us. um, And we were able to bring those kind of conversations to the forefront of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Another kind of overarching theme that came up was uh, the idea of like institutions, and like I kind of want to talk about this because it's I was recently like re-listening to um, obviously episodes, but it was super interesting. Like institutions get brought up so much, and I think it's because there's a lot of trauma in those institutions, and with COVID, there's constantly people like people were thinking about returning to these institutions, even though we know that there's this big trauma that happened. Um, can you define institution for our listeners right now? Yeah. So when, when I am talking about institution, I'm talking about um, anywhere in the academia realm. I'm talking about, uh, you know, anywhere that teaches, anywhere that like uh, describes itself as um, it is, you know, education or it is helping somebody get a degree mm-hmm. to help them. Um, what would you say, Lynn? Yeah. I was just like, I mean, I was just like, in case people haven't listened to those episodes, you know? So like, we talk about like dance institutions a lot, um, especially classical form institutions like ballet. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we also talked a lot about academic institutions, both arts and not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So education, 
in yeah, some form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And that, that came up in a number of episodes as well, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. And again, we almost have like kind of tying into EDI, our episode with Curtain Up, which was with Jermaine and Ben, both institutions and EDI. Another thing that we talked about a lot, um, and this could be because everybody's in quarantine and everyone was, you know, just had a lot of time to think. It could be because we were faced with a lot of big decisions that we had to make um, individually, as a group, as a family. But there's been lots of kind of like themes of revolution happening throughout the past year. So there's people protesting on the streets almost every day in whatever city or whatever country it is. Um, So we were able to talk about revolution and I thought it was such an and we'll bring this up later, but like we talked about Cyrus Marcus Ware, we talked about the idea of revolution and standing up and protesting and making change. We also talked about it, the dance union, the dance union, Emily and Michael, I mean, kind of like similar people that we've already brought up, but it is like an on an underlining theme in like many episodes. Totally. It goes like from revolution from your own personal practice and into revolution of how like you affect the community. I felt we like talked about like small and big revolution. And I think that I, this like term revolution is hope inspiring because it things are going to come around again, right? It's not just like, we're going to burn it to the ground and like nihilist kind of thinking, like some of us have been throughout the pandemic, <laughs> Yeah, but like, it's also has this idea of like rebirth in it and making things new and being better for it. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and also just, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Devin. I was saying also revolution within yourself. Um, I mean, there's so much revolution to be, to be done um, or to be had uh, <laughs> outside of yourself and in everything that's going on in the world, but also just revolution in yourself and actually taking the time to look at your own habits and life and outlook on things and not just your art, but just your everyday life, your happiness. And um, this was almost a good opportunity to have the time to actually take a look and allow that reset to happen. Totally. That was, was cool. And I guess a bonus of the pandemic or the silver lining of the pandemic. (laughs) Trying to be super positive. (laughs) Yeah. We all had tons of time to either get really happy with ourselves or just sleep the whole time. (sighs) Yes. And I mean, you know what, maybe all we needed was some sleep. Yeah. (laughs) totally (laughs) which brings us into our final topic that came up a lot every artist we spoke to said they could not believe how thin they were stretched pre-quarantine like and that we're not doing it again I mean we've all said we're not doing that again I'm not over scheduling I'm doing one thing a day or two things a day maybe (laughs) but um that came up so many times and I'm just like so interested now that we're all getting vaccinated and people are like hungry and ready to work how quickly are we going to forget about all these things that we said during the pandemic about um overworking ourselves and and glamorizing the the burnout you know I think Devin said that earlier and it, it was just like yeah it's such a thing that happens and I really hope that people are taking more time and maybe it's just coming with people getting older um but mm-hmm. I think that like the idea of glamorizing burnout and even for the, for the, you know, people that graduated, I think they're not going to have the same perspective as like we did when we graduated and there wasn't COVID, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to take everybody a minute to get back into it. But I really hope that people stick to, you know, doing what makes them happy and not trying to like hustle, hustle, hustle all the time. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said that when um, COVID started last April, 
for the first two weeks, I was happy. I was overwhelmed and freaked out, but I was so happy to have a break and have a forced rest because the hustle is so, um, it's so normalized, this exhausting hustle Mm -hmm. that if you're not hustling, you feel like you're doing something wrong. So when everyone was forced to stop, I all of a sudden felt this huge relief that I wasn't somehow behind everyone else that was out there hustling, that taking time for myself wasn't something I should feel guilty about. And that was a huge eye opener because it shouldn't be something you feel guilty about regardless of what's going on in the world. Totally. Yeah. There was a little bit of like light in those first two weeks too, where it it didn't feel like people were like, okay, pivot. Right. There was like, I kind of, I love that. It's almost like when like a natural, not a natural disaster, but like when something kind of bad happens, like a blackout or like Like a global pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, when that everybody is just forced to like sit still and everyone was just like tie dyeing and doing puzzles and baking bread Mm -hmm. in those first two weeks. And then after the two weeks, people were like, okay, time to pivot. Um, <laughs> but there, there was, there's like a very nice, like solace in those first two weeks that I look back on and I was like, it was just relaxed. You know, it was just like, we all, when are we all going to be like, as a world be like, nobody leaves their house ever. Just don't I also, I, now that you say that, I'm also like interested to like, if I had to like project into the future, like how bonding is the shared experience going to be? Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. my yeah. hope is is very my yeah. hope is that this connection stays um but I'm not sure I don't know mm-hmm. I also hope that like every single artist was like I'm that we talked to this like I'm not working for free no more I'm doing as much as I can remotely that like sticks to that and yeah. we like start to change the value of art and like putting your body on the line for your craft mm-hmm. yeah yeah no, rock agree. on rock on <laughs> from zoom <laughs> sorry it got real heavy i had to start to make a fucking terrible joke <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it was great um but yeah i mean those were some themes and it let us know what you think about that i mean if if are there themes that we missed that you want us to touch on in season mm-hmm. five i i mean we are in this process of like building our season five you know like we're going to take a little break but we are already like making compiling a little bit of a list so if there's someone you think like you know you had a real whole you really missed a large group of people here or you really missed yeah. talking about one thing here please let us know tell us we want to hit those marks and we want to be better and we want to talk about everything and we want to get all of the perspectives and all of the opinions so please hit us up Devin will be on the other side. <laughs> I will be answering those emails. I love emailing. Like that's not sarcastic. I actually do. It's very therapeutic for me. I love checking things off the inbox. I love talking to people. <laughs> I will say when Devin first started with us and we had to start reaching out to people through agents, I was like, thank God someone else is doing it. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> uh, it, it was, was fun. fun. It was fun. <laughs> Um, we do want to take note of three specific, really, we think the collective of us were like big moments or really Mm. impactful moments. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to start with Murderville episode 103. Being an artist is like being a Phoenix where like, you have to like get burned the fuck out and hit bottom and say to yourself, 
are you really still going to do this and figure out a way to like lift yourself up and with the help of others to like climb back. It's the, what is it? The, the, the Sisyphus complex of pushing the boulder up the hill and going yes. back down. <laughs> so right now I feel like that boulder is like getting up that hill, but I think once you get up that hill, there's going to be another hill. So, you know, it's definitely will always fucking kill me, but I will take that challenge every day because man, when you, when you get it right and like something like Murderville, it's like, this is why we do it. This is why we allow it to kill us over and over again, <laughs> because when you hit that high, it's just like no other. Devin, this was yours. So like, let us know why, why this was such an important quote for you. Um, I really think that it ties into what we were talking about, about revolution, especially within yourself and also just kind of realizing, um, realizing the burnout uh, so much has so much has changed um, in the world and within ourselves. Um, when um, when the idea of being a phoenix kind of came up, so as an artist, you are a phoenix. It means that you are constantly you're constantly. It sounds so bad. You're constantly dying or failing or falling or or you know learning in some way, and then having to rebirth yourself from that is such a wonderful way of looking at it because so often we think we have to um, restart, restart, delete everything that happened before. You're a new person now, or you're, you're moving forward, forget everything that's happened before you. Um, but instead the idea of a Phoenix is that you're always rebirthing or always growing from the ashes. So you are taking everything that you have learned, everything that you have, that has caused you pain or or things that you have failed or things that you have succeeded at. You're taking all of that and bringing it with you and just starting again. So you're not taking it away, but you're just taking all of that with you, starting again one more time. And you can continue to do that consistently. And it just makes you better and better each time. And I felt really inspired by that because there has been so much change and there's been so much uh, curiosity and, and so much of the unknown that reminding myself that I can always fail and come back was such a great way of looking at it and reminded me of my own revolution within myself. I was feeling really inspired that day too. It was great <laughs> listening to the episode again. Yes. Yes. I love that. <laughs> um, I also love the idea of like taking stuff with you rather than like throwing all it all away because we know that's like not real. Like you're never... Mm -hmm as an adult, you're never a clean slate again. Yeah. And then just trying to make yourself a clean slate, it just eliminates so much value in what you've already been through. Totally. And mm -hmm. all of your experiences, no matter where they're from are like valuable as you move mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. It was a really, really nice moment. So the next episode, the next moment we want to bring your attention to was episode 117 with Alessandro Constantini, musical theater, theater director, wonderful human. When I look, when I look back, when I think back, now I'm able to say confidently that like what I was searching for was a community. Like I really wanted, I really wanted to, to bring people mm -hmm. together. And I think I've also kind of discovered since doing Dear Evan Hansen and because just I guess just quickly like the being being able to do the tour and 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 even doing the Toronto production and mm -hmm. working with all those people that I've loved forever, it really it made me realize that like there's not really a ceiling, right? Like there's there's no it sort of made me reconsider like how I measure success, right? Like, cause I'm like, oh, I'm here. I, I did this. I mean, it's not winning a Tony award, but it's like, I, I'm 
here in the show with these people and it kind of made me go like oh okay cool well okay so i've accomplished this dream that i put on the top pedestal forever and now that it's here it's like well now what mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and and i'm really grateful because it made me go you know the, the success my my view of it is working on projects you love yes. with people you love right and if you continue to to do that then you will have a really meaningful life as an artist regardless if you mm -hmm. get to broadway or if you stay in your you stay mm -hmm. in Sunbury, right he talks about finding community in theater and that's what really drives him is being connected to people and then he talked about that there's not really a ceiling on how successful you are you maybe you have these goals and you reach them and then you realize that there's more and more and more and more and you can be successful no matter where you are who you are by working with people that you love and working on projects that you love and that for him was like the the breaker or the the straw that broke the camel's back on being successful i feel like uh, a theme that did come up a lot was community yeah no definitely it did i mean that always comes up i feel like that's just like in general a theme of the podcast right totally yeah it was like one of the impetus of the podcast mm -hmm. wanting community <laughs> for sure um and then our next one which is which was really i mean this is like i think all of us collectively kind of decided that this was a just a great quote to end on and mm -hmm. who would it be if it was not from cyrus marcus Ware, who is just iconic. wonderful iconic yes mm -hmm. i mean everything you know everything he says is uh like so wonderful and just beautiful and um you know, go check him out. He's got so much cool shit. Um, episode 107. I would like us to reimagine this work that we're doing to try to save all life on this planet, mm -hmm. to try to eradicate white supremacy, to try to solve climate change, to try to ensure that trans people get to live long enough to be elders, to try to resolve the issues of colonialism and violence that have impacted Indigenous communities. That those things are not protests that yes. is the actual work of living on this planet with any human dignity at the moment mm. is to struggle and fight for those kind of changes because we are living in a world that is so gone so off the map that we need to get back to uh care and to and to supporting each other and to and to surviving on this planet so i would say that you know because this work is actually just the work of living on this planet at this moment is trying to ensure that we all survive this. Um, you know, that, that, that is something more than just a protest. That is, uh, you know, uh, that suggests that all of our work is in opposition to only to the status quo and that we're always going to be in relation to the status quo. And what I'm saying is, fuck the government fuck the status quo, fuck white supremacy, fuck all of that. Like that actually is, sorry, I'm swearing so much, but like that, okay. that's, that's over there. That's over there. And over yes. here, we're building our own thing. We're building a new thing from the ground up. We're building an abolitionist society that, that, that supports uh, life on this planet, that supports, uh, you know, um, the earth, 
that supports mm -hmm. Black people, that supports that ensures that disabled people survive. We're we're building our own thing from the ground up. We're building this beautiful new world. Please come join us. But we're not actually necessarily just focused on tearing down your old ways. We're building new ways on our own. And so the art and activism that I've been talking about has been deeply invested in this building project, this yes. uh, building and reimagining, uh, you know, a world where we all get to be freer. Uh, and that is so beautiful. So that was just like, I mean, that was such a wonderful way to end <laughs> that episode. It was like, I think it was something kind of we were all thinking of, like, do we actually think that us, these revolutions that are happening and these kind of protest you think that these are getting us somewhere and it was so nice to talk to someone who's almost like a historian on mm. you know on on that and has such a beautiful perspective and has studied it and has made art about it and um it was just so nice to hear because i think as much as i try and be an optimist which i am mm. i think that there is a little bit of pessimism in me in a sense where i'm like is anything going to change, to change? And it is changing, you know, it changes bit by bit, but it, often we don't see change because um, it happens in small doses, I think. And change happens like that, change is small. And sometimes it's, it takes one thing, you know, it's like one thing to break and then everything, everything kind of um, happens. So I think that, you know, everything, um, sorry. So yeah, it was just like really nice to, you know, hear him say that and just like it gave me, it gave me as someone who is not as involved um, with everything that's happening and in the world that it gave me like a little bit more hope mm -hmm. for like the future because I feel like we hear a lot of like, well, why would I have kids right now? The world's fucking shit show. Um, or so what is my small action going to do? Totally. Yes. Yeah. And it, it kind of just gave me hope and it inspired me. And I, I think it inspired a lot of people to kind of just like make change. Mm -hmm it's also nice to hear someone that's so involved and it's like so ingrained in their life, still be hopeful. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. <laughs> it would be so easy. And I, I mean, I, we always say this about politicians, like no shit. All the politicians are shady. Like <laughs> they know what's happening behind the scenes. You know, they spend their whole lives seeing all this bullshit paperwork get pushed around, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it's nice for someone that is like staying so positive. It, it's so nice to hear. Totally. Mm -hmm. That entire episode is amazing. We hope that that inspires you, you know, to go listen to a few episodes. If you missed a couple, this is what podcasts are for is to get caught up, listen at your own pace, do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Take your time. When you feel like you want to listen to this, listen to that. Um, so yeah, we hope you have had a good time today. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on our two-parter, Dev. Thank you for Yay. having me and thanks everyone for listening. It's such a great way to wrap up the season and remind us that we can continue forward with hope. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and thanks for being with us, Devin. You're awesome. Uh, oh, thank guys, you. Devin changed our lives. <laughs> Devin changed our lives. <laughs> guys, that is you don't so even want to look at our calendar as a group and try and organize stuff. <laughs> and Devin does that. Devin will get texts at four in the morning to fix things. Yeah. Get done. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I appreciate it so much. I'm so happy to be on a team with such two badass women and and amazing artists that are constantly trying to learn and change and grow. It's amazing. And I'm gonna get really cheesy. So I'll just thank you. Yay! <laughs> red um, cheeks, red cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, um,
this is our last episode, you guys. Yes, we'll we will be, be back in September. We'll be back in September, as per usual. Our Patreon is going to stay active. There'll be stuff there for our paid subscribers. You can subscribe for anywhere between a dollar and $25, 24 specifically, a month. Um, the more you pay in, the more you get out. We will be active on our social media. Not as much, but a little bit. We're going to keep keep things happening. Gal Pal Prods everywhere. Gal Pal, Gal Pal Prods. Go check us out. Um, and again, if you have any, if you, you know, are talking to someone, if you see someone on the news, if you think like, man, they would be an awesome guest or this is what you need to talk about, you should talk to them. Mm-hmm. Send us an email. We'll be happy to check them out. We've already got a little list compiling. So thank you all so much for your already wonderful suggestions. Yeah. And thanks for being around for so long, you guys. Yay. And hopefully next year we can get together real soon. Oh man, I can't wait. I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's like, I cannot wait for us to plan a live event. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to hug everyone. (laughs) I'm going to lick people. (laughs) The last note we will say is go get vaccinated. Go get your jib in your arm. Go get stabbed. Uh, We want to hang out. We want to hug and we want to see you. So thank you all for listening and thank you so much. Bye.